The Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare Act Five This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare Act Five Scene One Belmont the avenue to Portia's home. Enter Lorenzo and Jessica. The moon shines bright in such a night as this, when the sweet wind did gently kiss the trees, and they did make no noise in such a night. Troilus, methinks, mounted the Trojan walls, and sighed his soul toward the Grecian tents where Cressid lay that night. In such a night did Thisbe fearfully o'ertrip the dew, And saw the lion's shadow ere himself, And ran dismayed away. In such a night stood Dido with a willow in her hand Upon the wild sea-banks, and waft her love To come again to Carthage. In such a night Medea gathered the enchanted herbs That did renew old Aeson. In such a night did Jessica steal from the wealthy Jew, and with an unthrift love did run from Venice as far as Belmont. In such a night did young Lorenzo swear he loved her well, stealing her soul with many vows of faith, and ne'er a true one. In such a night did pretty Jessica like a little shrew slander her love, and he forgave it her. I would outnight you, did nobody come. But hark, I hear the footing of a man. Enter Stefano. Who comes so fast in silence of the night? A friend. A friend? What friend? Your name, I pray you, friend. Stefano is my name, and I bring word my mistress will before the break of day be here at Belmont. She doth stray about by holy crosses, where she kneels and prays for happy wedlock hours. Who comes with her? None but a holy hermit and her maid. I pray you, is my master yet returned? He is not, nor we have not heard from him. But go we in, I pray thee, Jessica, and ceremoniously let us prepare some welcome for the mistress of the house. Enter Launcelot. Sola, sola, wo-ha-ho, ho, sola, sola. Who calls? Sola, did you see Master Lorenzo? Master Lorenzo, sola, sola. Leave hallowing man here. Sola, where, where? Here. Tell him there's a post come from my master with his horn full of good news. My master will be here ere morning. Exit. Sweet soul, let's in, and there expect their coming. And yet, no matter, why should we go in? My friend Stefano, signify, I pray you, within the house, your mistress is at hand. And bring your music forth into the air. Exit Stefano. How sweet the moonlight sleeps upon this bank. Here we will sit and let the sounds of music creep in our ears, soft stillness, and the night become the touches of sweet harmony. Sit, Jessica, look how the floor of heaven is thick inlaid with patines of bright gold. There's not the smallest orb which thou behold'st, but in his motion, like an angel, sings, still quirring to the young-eyed cherubims. Such harmony is in immortal souls, but whilst this muddy vesture of decay doth grossly close it in, we cannot hear it. 
Enter musicians. Come ho and wake Diana with a hymn. With sweetness touches pierce your mistress's ear and draw her home with music. Music. I am never merry when I hear sweet music. The reason is your spirits are attentive, for do not note a wild and wanton herd or race of youthful and unhandled colts fetching mad bounds, bellowing and neighing loud, which is the hot condition of their blood. If they but hear perchance a trumpet sound, or any air of music touch their ears, you shall perceive them make a mutual stand, their savage eyes turned to a modest gaze by the sweet power of music. Therefore the poet did feign that Orpheus drew trees, stones, and floods, since not so stockish, hard, and full of rage, but music for the time doth change his nature. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. The motions of his spirit are dull as night, and his affections dark as Erebus. Let no such man be trusted. Mark the music. Enter Portia and Nerissa at a distance. That light we see is burning in my hall. How far that little candle throws his beams! So shines a good deed in a naughty world. When the moon shone, we did not see the candle. So doth the greater glory dim the less. A substitute shines brightly as a king until a king be by, and then his state empties itself, as doth an inland brook into the main of waters. Music, hark! It is your music, madame, of the house. Nothing is good, I see, without respect. Methinks it sounds much sweeter than by day. Silence bestows that virtue on it, madame. The crow doth sing as sweetly as the lark when neither is attended. And I think the nightingale, if she should sing by day when every goose is cackling, would be thought no better a musician than the wren. How many things by season seasoned are, to their right praise and true perfection! Peace, ho! The moon sleeps with Endymion, and would not be awaked. Music ceases. That is the voice, or I am such deceived of Portia. He knows me as the blind man knows the cuckoo by the bad voice. Dear lady, welcome home. We have been praying for our husband's welfare, which speed we hope the better for our words. Are they returned? Madam, they are not yet, but there has come a messenger before, to signify their coming. Go in, Nerissa. Give order to my servants that they take no note at all of our being absent hence. Nor you, Lorenzo, Jessica, nor you. A tucket sounds. Your husband is at hand. I hear his trumpet. We are no tell-tales, madam, fear you not. This night, methinks, is but the daylight sick. It looks a little paler. Tis a day such as the day is when the sun is hid. Enter Bassanio, Antonio, Graciano, and their followers. We should hold day with the Antipodes if you would walk in absence of the sun. Let me give light, but let me not be light, for a light wife doth make a heavy husband, and never be Bassanio so for me. But God sort all. You are welcome home, my lord. I thank you, madam. Give welcome to my friend. This is the man, this is Antonio, to whom I am so infinitely bound. You should in all sense be much bound to him, for as I hear, he was much bound for you. No more than I am well acquitted of. Sir, you are very welcome to our house. It must appear in other ways than words, therefore I scant this breathing courtesy. 
to nerissa by yonder moon i swear you do me wrong in faith i gave it to the judge's clerk would he were gelt that had it for my part since you do take it love so much at heart a quarrel ho already what's the matter about a hoop of gold a paltry ring that she did give me whose posy was for all the world like cutler's poetry upon a knife love me and leave me not what talk you of the posy or the value you swore to me when i did give it to you that you would wear it till your hour of death and that it should lie with you in your grave though not for me yet for your vehement oaths you should have been respective and have kept it gave it to judge's clerk no god's my judge the clerk will ne'er wear hair on's face that had it he will and if he live to be a man ay if a woman live to be a man now by this hand i gave it to a youth a kind of boy a little scrubbed boy no higher than thyself the judge's clerk a prating boy that begged it as a fee i could not for my heart deny it him you were to blame i must be plain with you to part so slightly with your wife's first gift a thing stuck on with oaths upon your finger and so riveted with faith unto your flesh i gave my love a ring and made him swear never to part with it and here he stands i dare be sworn for him he would not leave it nor pluck it from his finger for the wealth that the world masters now in faith gratiano you give your wife too unkind a cause of grief and twere to me i should be mad at it aside why i were best to cut my left hand off and swear i lost the ring defending it my lord bassanio gave his ring away unto the judge that begged it and indeed deserved it too and then the boy his clerk that took some pains in writing he begged mine and neither man nor master would take aught but the two rings what ring gave you my lord not that i hope which you received of me if i could add a lie unto a fault i would deny it but you see my finger hath not the ring upon it it is gone even so void is your false heart of truth by heaven i will ne'er come in your bed until i see the ring nor i in yours till i again see mine sweet portia if you did know to whom i gave the ring if you did know for whom i gave the ring and would conceive for what i gave the ring and how unwillingly i left the ring when naught would be accepted but the ring you would abate the strength of your displeasure if you had known the virtue of the ring or half her worthiness that gave the ring or your own honour to contain the ring you would not then have parted with the ring what man is there so much unreasonable if you had pleased to have defended it with any terms of zeal wanted the modesty to urge the thing held as a ceremony nerissa teaches me what to believe i'll die for it but some woman had the ring no by my honour madam by my soul no woman had it but a civil doctor which did refuse three thousand ducats of me and begged the ring the which i did deny him and suffered him to go displeased away even he that had held the life of my dear friend what should i say sweet lady i was enforced to send it after him i was beset with shame and courtesy my honour would not let ingratitude so much besmear it pardon me good lady for by these blessed candles of the night had you been there i think you would have begged the ring of me to give the worthy doctor let not that doctor e'er come near my house since he hath got the jewel that i loved and that which you did swear to keep from me i will become as liberal as you 
I'll not deny him anything I have, no, not my body, nor my husband's bed. Know him I shall, I am well sure of it. Lie not a night from home, watch me like Argus. If you do not, if I be left alone, now by mine honour which is yet mine own, I'll have that doctor for mine bedfellow. And I as clerk, therefore be it well advised how you do leave me to my own protection. Well, do you so. Let me not take him then, for if I do, I'll mar the young clerk's pen. I am the unhappy subject of these quarrels. Sir, grieve not you. You are welcome notwithstanding. Portia, forgive me this enforced wrong. And in the hearing of these many friends, I swear to thee, even by thine own fair eyes, wherein I see myself. Mark you but that. In both my eyes he doubly sees himself, in each eye one. Swear by your double self, and there's an oath of credit. Nay, but hear me. Pardon this fault, and by my soul I swear I never more will break an oath with thee. I once did lend my body for his wealth, which but for him that had your husband's ring had quite miscarried. I dare be bound again, my soul upon the forfeit, that your lord will never more break faith advisedly. Then you shall be his surety. Give him this, and bid him keep it better than the other. Here, Lord Bassanio, swear to keep this ring. By heaven, it is the same I gave the doctor. I had it of him. Pardon me, Bassanio, for by this ring the doctor lay with me. And pardon me, my gentle Graciano, for that same scrubbed boy, the doctor's clerk, in lieu of this last night did lie with me. Ah, why, this is like the mending of highways in summer, where the ways are fair enough. What? Are we cuckolds ere we have deserved it? Speak not so grossly. You are all amazed. Here is a letter. Read it at your leisure. It comes from Padua, from Bellario. There you shall find that Portia was the doctor, Nerissa there her clerk. Lorenzo here shall witness I set forth as soon as you, and even but now returned. I have not yet entered my house. Antonio, you are welcome, and I have better news in store for you than you expect. Unseal this letter soon. There you shall find three of your argosies are richly come to harbour suddenly. You shall not know by what strange accident I chanced on this letter. Uh, I am dumb. Were you the doctor? And I knew you not? Were you the clerk that is to make me cuckold? Ay, but the clerk that never means to do it, unless he live until he be a man. Sweet doctor, you shall be my bedfellow. When I am absent, then lie with my wife. Sweet lady, you have given me life and living, for here I read for certain that my ships are safely come to road. How now, Lorenzo? My clerk hath some good comforts too for you. Ay, and I'll give them him without a fee. Therefore I do give to you and Jessica, from the rich Jew, a special deed of gift, after his death, of all he dies possessed of. Fair ladies, you drop mana in the way of starved people. It is almost morning, and yet I am sure you are not satisfied of these events at full. Let us go in, and charge us there upon interrogatories, and we will answer all things faithfully. Let it be so. The first interrogatory that my Nerissa shall be sworn on is, where till the next night she had rather stay, or go to bed now, being two hours to-day. But were the day come, I should wish it dark, till I were couching with the doctor's clerk. 
Well, while I live, I'll fear no other thing so sore as keeping safe Nerissa's ring. Exeunt. End of Act Five. And End of the Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare.